0: Stop, listen, and ask yourself, have you ever pondered at the idea that there may be something to the other side? If so, and you're hearing my voice for the first time, then you may have just fallen into the void. Hey, 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 welcome back to Into the Void, where we talk about anything and everything paranormal i'm your host with the most g-man along me is my awesome co-host the mystic (laughs) now we just want to specify real quick that last episode you guys got to hear mystic talk about his personal experiences with the paranormal and my god mystic wow that was insane thank you so much for sharing that with us and now today it's your turn it's my turn that's right we get to hear about my own personal experience with the paranormal I'm a little nervous, (laughs) a little excited. should be. And yeah, here we go. So I'm going to toss it over to Mystic. Mystic's got his own uh, questions he's going to ask, and we're going to just jump right into this interview. So Mystic, take it away.
1: All right. So let's start off with some, I guess, basic questions. What was the point in your life where you kind of saw an interest take hold within yourself?
0: That is a good question. I want to say... When I was about nine years old, I watched a lot of a lot of horror films. Uh, watched a lot of movies. Watched a lot of you know Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, and then. It, You've got those psychological thrillers that I watched as a kid, and I'm not going to lie, as a kid, those things really like scared me to the point where when I go and turn off the bathroom light in the middle of the night, I would turn it off and run back to my bed. I mean, that's how scary it was. As far as paranormal goes or anything like ghost-wise, nothing happened really at that age. Mm-hmm. It was more of just the curiosity of these movies really made me wonder more about the spirits and ghosts and demons and all that. And so... Like a kid, you know, my curiosity being so high after watching these films, I would, you know, look up stuff online about the prosthetics and what was done because that would ease my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, for those scary films that would scare me as a kid. But the thing is, is that when it came to actually looking that stuff up and finding certain terminology that has to do with the paranormal, that was the part that scared me. And that's the part that actually got me more interested in the paranormal, because there were things about it I didn't understand, whether it was the wording, whether it was an actual, um, like the words residual haunting or or haunting or, uh, you know, being possessed. I didn't really fully understand that. Once I started researching that stuff, my interest just shot up. I mean, it shot like a firework. It was just ignited and up in the air and ready to blow, you know, so...
1: Was that because when you when you discovered that there were words... It scared you because there was a name to, there was a name to things. Yes. Okay. It, yeah, exactly. And yeah. then that was only further cemented once you actually started educating yourself. That's right. Yeah. Okay. okay well, then what was your first more or less encounter that kind of cemented more or less your belief that there is something more than what we can see?
0: I would say my first big encounter when I was serving uh, in the army in Georgia sorry the thing is this what happened to me on that base was probably the most terrifying thing that had ever happened to me but it was also the most eye-opening thing that had ever happened to me being on base you know on weekends you just want to hang out you want to drink you want to party and all that stuff myself I didn't really do that I mean I did you know drink socially and all that I did go out and stuff but It was more I just wanted to hang out and just kind of do my own thing. So as I'm just hanging out, you know, doing my own thing, it it occurs to me, of course, that I'm in Georgia and that it's got to be the most haunted place in the U.S. And I'm sitting around doing nothing. So I tell myself, why not just explore? So I got up, I left my room and I explored. I didn't take a backpack with me, didn't have a recorder with me, just my phone, you know, just myself. And I decided I'm going to walk around the base, see what this place is all about. I remember specifically leaving the barracks, it was windy, it was about two in the afternoon, it was a Saturday, so there was nothing going on, and I decided I'm gonna walk this trail, it's known as a tank trail, and what it is is just a cement trail made, you know, all of cement, and tanks go up and down this trail when they're training so there were no trainings going on that day and i decided you know what let's just let's go for a walk let's just walk down this trail see what we could find it leads you uh away way away from the barracks um and as i'm walking it it then stops and turns into dirt as the dirt road starts to bend around to the left there are multiple paths that go to your left to your right and in front of you so i decided all right i'm going to take the path on the left side let's see where this goes this starts to lead you off into the woods and I was like, oh, cool, the woods, I'm going for a hike, nice. I'd say I walked a good three miles into the woods. Saw some markers, like little little red tape flags or whatever, but I think that was just for like construction or if they're going to chop trees down or whatever. I'd say going into the third mile is when I found a random cemetery. Now-
1: That's very interesting, just a random cemetery in the forest.
0: Yeah, now the base itself is really big and- they have a lot of training that goes on. So it's all woodsy out where you train. So it was really random that there was a cemetery just right there. Now, I learned later on that there are other cemeteries on the base, but they're all marked. This was an unmarked cemetery. And this unmarked cemetery had a small little what looked like a, a footstool almost. It was all made of cement. It was like a footstool. And it just had a bunch of numbers marked inside there. I remember standing there and I remember just this feeling of uncomfortableness is starting to really build up. Like, like you're nervous, almost like, uh, like if you're going to go on stage for the first time ever in your life and you know everyone's going to be watching you and your stomach just goes empty and you start to maybe sweat a little bit. It was like that feeling, but it was like somebody was watching me. It was like somebody was behind me just watching, observing what I was doing. And I remember just standing there and just looking at that little headstone and just thinking, this is so incredibly random. And right when I thought that it was incredibly random, there was like this noise. And it wasn't like, a, uh, like somebody stepped on a stick. Mm-hmm. It was like growling.
1: That's creepy.
0: Behind me. It was the weirdest thing. Now, I was thinking, you know, I'm out in the woods, so obviously there's animals out here. There's some sort of creatures out here that, you know, maybe just I'm in their area and they don't want to be there or whatnot. So I'm looking around. I'm looking to see if there is anything, and I don't see anything. But that growl was so uncomfortable, one of the most uncomfortable noises I've ever experienced, and it just made me sick like I wanted I wanted to literally just vomit right there it was just was so uncomfortable and there was this smell I'll never forget the smell that smell of like rotting eggs and almost like a rotting corpse along with like an ash or like sulfur type smell it was so just bizarre and I remember just feeling uncomfortable and I was like you know what I'm I'm going to go cuz this is like it doesn't feel right and I've I've I've
1: You've seen enough.
0: I've seen enough to where I'm like, I'm just going to go. So I had the thought of going, but my body didn't want to move. The reason why my body didn't want to move is because I, I looked up and in front, not directly in front of me, but I'd say a good maybe 25 feet away from me. I saw this like hand and it wasn't a hand like a human hand. It wasn't like a creature I don't know what it was but I remember it's 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 fingers it's two fingers were long and like extended and it was on the tree and at first it's one of those like you glance and you're like what okay but then you like look harder and I remember I just stopped there and as I stop and I just stare at this tree I can see the silhouette of this like two finger like on this hand on the tree And I thought, eh, it's probably just, you know, the tree or it's probably like something growing on the tree or whatever. But, of course, my curiosity, I decided to step forward to look at it. And as soon as I take a step, this thing just slides its long fingers around the tree and behind. And my stomach drops. And I'm just like, this is not right. Something's wrong. So I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm out. I turn around to leave, and that's when something just grabbed me. I mean, it's not one of those, uh, you know, <laughs> you got a belt on and someone pulls your belt. No, this was a full-on grab the shirt, throw me down, and I could I remember just hearing growling, like 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 a dog is on top of you, but it's growling at you. Oh wow. And I remember just being pushed to the left and then pushed to the right. I freaked out I mean it was the point where I was yelling help I was hoping that anybody that was on that trail was going to hear me and I was yelling and screaming for help something grabbed my jaw and would not let me move my jaw it was as if like your dentist is looking at your teeth and they're just moving your head back and forth looking at it I mean you feel the force of whatever it is that's out there grabbing you on the jaw, turning your head. And I just remember my chest was hurting, like something was pushing down on my chest as if somebody sat on my chest and all their weight was just bearing down on me. And I remember just grabbing whatever I could try to find to get whatever is on me, off of me. I remember freaking out. I remember thinking to myself like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Like this, Whatever it is, it's going to kill me right now. And I have... No control over anything. My, my body is stiff. My mind is racing, thinking that I'm going to die right then and there. And I just didn't know what to do. I am crying at this point. I mean, if you ever seen a grown man cry, it's sad. But if you ever seen a grown man cry when he's being attacked, that is just... It's horrifying. It is. It is, it is 100% horrifying. Whatever it was that attacked me out there, it didn't want me there it didn't want anybody there this thing it just it, I, I don't know i can't i can't say that it's evil and i can't say that it's not evil you know and the, the the feeling that you get when this thing was around you it's like you can take all the hope in the world and just forget about it you can take every memory of being happy every thought of of excitement that has ever ran through your head gone and you get nothing but darkness It's almost like you can compare it to like Bruce Wayne when he loses his parents and the darkness that he goes through in his head. I mean, you think of everything possible and it just, it won't come. It will not come to your head because this thing, whatever it is, it's mentally attacking you also. It's not showing you stuff like this is your death, but it's definitely not allowing you to be happy anymore. And this isn't the afternoon. So finally, everything stops and it's just complete silence. And I remember getting up and whatever was there is gone. But looking at my clothes, I just remember my shirt was ripped. My arm was ripped. My face had cuts all over it. And I only know this because as soon as I got back to the barracks, which I didn't really run back to the barracks. I kind of got up in shock and just looked around and was like trying to comprehend everything that had happened. Walked back all the way back to the barracks, get back to my room. I'm, like, covered in leaves, dirt. I was looking in the mirror just to kind of go, what what the hell happened? But instead, I got distracted with, like, these cuts on my face. There were, like, three cuts along the right side of my face. There was big old cut on my left side of my forehead. My clothes were all dirty and ripped up. My shirt was ripped. I mean, just like somebody had taken a knife and just slashed at me three times. Oh, wow. Scratches on my arm, on my back. I mean, it was just, I don't know. And how do you tell somebody that something just attacked you in the woods on a military base? You know, I mean, technically, you're supposed to feel like this is a safe place. I didn't feel safe for at least a month and a half. And I hadn't even gone back there. I hadn't gone back to the woods or anything. It's just being in my room. I just, I felt like something was going to come back. I was up every night just on the phone with a friend of mine or or watching a movie or on the computer cuz I didn't want to go to sleep because that keeps replaying in my head of what happened just knowing that that happened to me even now like I just I I feel uncomfortable still talking about it but at the same time like I I want people to know um yeah, it was insane. It was insane. So that that was probably the most terrifying thing that had ever happened, but at the same time, after that had happened, that's when I told myself, This is real. This is real and it needs to be investigated. Not the woods, but anything else after that. And next thing I know, I'm putting a team together and we're we're investigating different stories and
1: like Urban Legends. Urban
0: legends. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So it was it was intense. I will say that. It was very intense. It really makes you think. It really makes you think.
1: It really does. I can relate to that. Yeah. So moving on. <laughs> you said that there was a story I'd never heard of. I'm assuming that was it because I That was the one. That okay. was
0: the attack that I, that had happened to me. I haven't really told anybody that in a while. Um, there was like one other person I think I told. And that was it. Was I'm nobody. grateful you
1: were willing to share. Yeah, well. <laughs> so then um, from that, uh, since we decided we're going to do Queen Mary, the topic of the Queen Mary on its own, let's question Savannah. I'm sure you have plenty. Of Savannah, Georgia. Of good old Savannah. Oh, and the, yeah. And the only reason this had way more questions is because, like G-Man, I have an avid love for the field, and the South is real. The Southern states are really like my, my favorite when it comes to paranormal activity because the French Quarter in Louisiana is on the bucket list to go to. Savannah is definitely on the bucket list to go to. I figure why not learn from someone who's lived through Savannah, Georgia, uh, not only for my own personal sake but for the sake of the listeners. So, uh, Savannah, let's. Um, Start off with something real basic. So, what are some of the legends you and the original Pry team took on?
0: Savannah, Georgia. Oh, the history of Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> I was there was one, it was actually reminds me there was a guy I met in Savannah, Georgia, who I was really happy to be there because I'd never been there before. And so I remember just being with some friends of mine, and uh, this is before we, we started putting Pry together. Uh, the Paranormal Research Investigators. And uh, I remember telling my buddy, hey, man, we're in Savannah, Georgia, like, Georgia. And this guy randomly comes by, and he's like, Savannah, Georgia. And I was like, whoa,
1: this is going to be the greatest place ever. (laughs) So you're saying you're enjoying the culture shock?
0: Oh, it was great. I loved loved every second of it. One of the cases uh, that we ended up actually taking was, uh, let me just kind of, backtrack a little bit. So we have the paranormal research investigators. This was a team that myself and a very, very good friend of mine, Jen, Jennifer from, from Alabama had, uh, helped me put this team together. So let me just, it's, uh, it was, it was Jen, TJ, Josh, Amanda, Michael, and myself. And I remember, uh, just, we found a hotel. This hotel was known as the Jekyll Island Club and Hotel. And it was a plantation. It used to be a huge plantation. So they have this huge house or huge mansion that has been turned into a hotel. On the grounds, they also have the the slaves' quarters. And that actually has been turned into an extension of the hotel. So we decided to take this case because uh, we were looking actually looking for a haunting to investigate. And uh, we came across this hotel. Uh, The hotel is, like I said, humongous. Acres and acres of land. And we were told that there was a fountain in the center of the the hotel outside in like the patio area. Beautiful fountain. Um, we were told that you could hear voices, a lot of voices whispering and stuff. It was, it was quite interesting, actually, uh, from what we picked up. And then you've got the presidential suite. That was considered to have a ghost uh, lo- looming around inside there. Like an
1: apparition?
0: Um. I can't recall if there was an apparition. I want to say the staff had told us that there was just stuff moving, noises. People have been woken up in the middle of the night. Um, So it was
1: just like just an entity occupying the space. Yeah,
0: you know, bed covers coming off in the middle of the night, things falling down, stuff like that. So we decided to go check it out. Uh, There was about six of us. I could be wrong. There there may have been more, but I know for a fact that the, the original team members were there. Get there. Check-in, beautiful hotel, and then we decided that we're going to explore the grounds first, which, to my understanding, is actually one of the steps when it comes to investigating a haunted hotel, is always get familiar with your ground first. So, we got there, checked in, put our stuff in the room, and then we, I remember we rented golf carts. We rented golf carts, and what was great about it was we were just driving around the whole area, just curious about everything. (laughs) To the point where we got a little bored and we decided to have fun with the golf carts, and uh, so as we're going down this one sometimes pathway, sometimes you
1: tried to emulate jackass.
0: Uh, let's just put it this way: they one been proud. of us, one of us, had the idea that it would be smart of us to drive as fast as we can with the golf cart and then tuck and roll.
1: This isn't Grand Theft Auto, dude. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, let me put it this way: I can't tuck and roll to save my life, so. There's two others uh, did it. They did it perfectly. When I did it, let's just say it was like looking at a blob hitting the ground real hard.
1: So you kind of just dove and hit the ground?
0: Yeah, and then I rolled. (laughs) So anywho, that night, we talked with the staff, and they gave us uh, walkie-talkies, and we decided to do our investigation. So upon investigation, we actually were able to debunk one thing, and that was there's this hallway... That leads to these grand rooms, the like convention center rooms type.
1: Oh, like conference rooms. Yeah,
0: conference rooms. Okay. And the staff was telling us that the chandelier above in the hallway is always shaking. Like you, but it's weird because you can hear just this like tink, 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 tink noise. And they couldn't really explain it. And we even called the janitor to come out because I had this suspicion that quite possibly something was causing that noise to happen. So we did a couple of tests, like a couple of us would walk past it just to see if it would shake because of the way the the hallway was built, but nothing. And then when we had called the janitor to bring a ladder out, the janitor uh, let us climb up the ladder and we realized that every time the air conditioner had turned on, the, the vent ventilation system had turned on, it would vibrate and then causing that one little glass crystal to cause that noise and that's why you'd be able to hear it so we were able to debunk that now the thing that i was not able to debunk was the dining room the fountain and i'm so sorry i should have actually clarified it was december when we were there so there was like you know some christmas stuff going on carolers dressed in like old-timey clothes i remember specifically seeing the carolers walking away as i'm outside just kind of thinking to myself like where where do we need to go next and i i remember seeing the carolers when we that night earlier doing their performance and there was three of them when i saw the carolers again there were four of them and i was thinking okay well i guess they're you know extra member or whatnot for tonight's show or maybe later or something which wouldn't make any sense because it was one o'clock in the morning why would there be a show at one o'clock in the morning to me, that made no sense. Plus, the schedule even said at the hotel what time they would be performing. So I was like, okay. But then there's that feeling you get, like there's something off about this. Because I am I saw the three carolers earlier. Now I see a fourth one, tall, skinny-looking man, top hat. But I could only see the back of him. I couldn't actually see the front of him. So I went with my gut on this one. And I said, I'm just going to follow them. I know that sounds stalkerish, but I'm going to follow them because – and there's that gut feeling. And I know something is just off about this. So I'm following them. And as we're walking down the path, they're ahead of me. I'm just kind of walking, looking at them. And I'm looking at that guy with a top hat. And I'm just like, there is something off about this man. So they walk and they turn right. Now they walk up to the porch and they make this left turn, which then goes around the corner, but around the corner, it stops. It's just a wall. So they went off to the left, but the guy went off to the right. So I figured, okay, maybe he is going to do something. Again, that gut feeling, follow that guy, don't follow the others. I follow him as soon as I get up to the porch and make that right turn to where it stops where the wall is, and he just made that turn, gone, just gone. And I I remember he had a full body apparition. Yeah. And I remember just thinking to myself, this is, that doesn't make sense because there's a wall here. There's no door here. There's just walls. It's a porch with like these chairs, these beautiful wicker chairs. I mean, it makes you want to sit back and have some lemonade and go, hmm, Georgia. But (laughs) (laughs) so it was just really odd that like he just disappeared like that. So I was like, that had, to been, that had to have been something. I mean, my energy was just up at that point. So I ran back over to the carolers and I asked, do you guys happen to have a fourth person in your group? They said, no, there's only three of us. I said, are you fully aware that there was someone with you, walking with you in a top hat? And they said, what? And then they said, wait, that's right. They told us that this hotel was haunted. And I was so ecstatic that I myself saw a full body apparition Of a a ghost, you know, of a spirit that used to be at that plantation. It was someone that used to, I I guess, work there or or used to own, not own it, but um, I guess was an owner of of the plantation when it was running. I don't know. I didn't really get the full details on that because even the staff said that they, they had never seen something like that before.
1: That's interesting.
0: So it was just really random. What I hate about it was the fact that I was by myself. I didn't have anything to record it. I didn't have anything to record like uh, EVP wise. And that all I could do was rely on my own sight. And I have to say as an investigator, that's the worst possible thing for you is that you don't have the proof to show anyone that this is what happened. It, It was, Oh man, it was. And again, it was that feeling like, you know, there's something off about this. And that curiosity that comes up in me has to, has to check it out. And next thing I know, it is, it is a full-body apparition. Oh, huh, man, that was that was fantastic. Just amazing.
1: What are the kind of uh, EVPs or any other anomalies that you, the others might have caught that night?
0: You know what? I, I I wish I could recall a lot of what everybody had done, but it had been so long since we had done that investigation. As far as EVPs go, I don't think we had any recorders at the time. I think we were going very, very basic. Okay. Um, so a lot of it was what we saw, what we felt, you know, over the radio, stuff like that. The, the dining area, when we were doing our, our investigation, the staff took us into the dining area. And what was great was as soon as we walked in, I remember a female staff woman says to me, well, that's weird. And I said, what's that? She goes, the radio's, the radio's on. And I remember going, is the radio normally on? And she says, no, we shut it off. I asked, is it on a timer? She said, no, it's on a timer. And I was like, huh. Now, what was great about that dining room was that there's this huge – so you walk into these big doors, and on your left side, there's this pretty big fireplace, and above it is this mirror. And they were telling us that in the mirror, they always happen to catch something in the mirror, like either sitting at the tables or walking past the tables – um, that's eerie and it's yeah. just a reflection it's like a reflection and there's this little statue and they said this statue keeps moving like it'll be on the left side of the of the the shelf or the right side of the shelf or sometimes it'll be taken down and put on a table randomly at like 2am so we thought that was great unfortunately nothing really happened when we were in that dining room we didn't catch any EVPs we didn't catch any ghosts or anything like that but just to know that that stuff had, had been going on was great the fountain that's in the center of uh, the hotel outside in the garden area, we definitely started hearing some voices. And there's something about water and spirits. When there's water around, it's almost like it creates a more energy for spirits to be able to communicate. So when we were doing, we were just sitting there It was me and this one staff woman, uh, I won't give the name because, you know, due to liability, I don't want to Right, right. Give off names. But she was sitting there. I was sitting at this table. I had just got a radio call saying that somebody had heard something up in the presidential suite. And right when I was about to uh, radio back, uh, you know, we'll be there in a few minutes, she just shushes me real fast. And I turn off the radio and we could hear like faint voices in the back.
1: That's creepy. Just
0: faint, like barely enough that you can just barely make out what they're saying. And I remember it sounded like a party going on. Like there were a bunch of people and they were having a a party, but it wasn't your, you know, modern day party getting drunk and all that here. It was like a gala. Yeah, and it just, you could hear a bunch of people just talking. And we walked around like, and every time we walked from one corner to the other corner to the other corner, the sound would just change. Almost as if like it was moving away from us. It was really, really cool, but really random too we didn't really do much with it except accept it and then just moved on so it was the jekyll island club and hotel when you look at it you think to yourself why wouldn't this place be haunted but the scenery during the day is so beautiful that you just kind of forget about it
1: it almost looked like it this place looks haunted but i don't want to believe that right? it right yeah
0: exactly exactly like the servant's quarters, the servant's quarters over there, we were told that uh, every night at midnight or like 1 a.m., the, the elevator would just randomly go off. And the crazy part is, is that the elevator doesn't work anymore. They don't use it. They, they closed it off. They blocked it off. They don't like, use does it. Does
1: it physically move within its shaft or is it just the, the bell or whatever that gives off? They the- hear
0: the bell. Every time, the, you know, every time an elevator comes up and you hear the ding, they would hear that. And people that were staying in that, uh, that part of the hotel would hear that, and it would wake them up. So we decided that night I'm going to go and just chill in the servants' quarters or in the, in the living area and just kind of just sit in the hallway in hopes that maybe the elevator would go off. I sat there for two hours, two and a half hours, nothing. So I figured, all right, maybe not going to happen. It was 3.15 in the morning, and I got up, and decided I'm just going to walk out and go catch up with the rest of the group. As soon as I go to reach for the door handle, ding, it goes off. And I look back and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> there, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no way. There's no way. So I sat, I, I stood there and I waited and I waited and I waited. Nothing happened again. And I was like, you know what? It's all good. Maybe I'm just tired. It's 315 in the morning. I've been up all night. That's when your mind starts to play tricks on you. You're hoping to hear something. And then in your head, you hear it and you're like, ah, it's a ghost. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave. So I go to reach for the door handle again. Ding. It goes off again. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So finally, I radio the guys. I'm like, guys, uh, I've got the elevator going off right now. It's the second time I heard it. So if I can get you guys to come out here and just take a look at it. The group came over. Nothing happened. For like 15 minutes, we stood there, nothing happened, and we were just like, come on. So we left, and that was it. That was it.
1: Now, is it just like a bell going off, or was there like, um, I would doubt that it would have any kind of light that would go off with
0: the uh, No, no light, no light like your modern day elevators. This is definitely old school elevator, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Dang. <laughs> That's. And it's and it's sad that you guys went in with like nothing.
0: Yeah. Again, th- we were just starting out with this group, so like, money wise, it was hard as no, it is. I, and-
1: I, I can relate to that because my and not to interject my myself, but uh, I can relate because my r- only real like legitimate investigation was used was using like someone else's equipment. Yeah. And yeah. And I didn't even I didn't even operate it. I was just like. My responsibility was the one voice recorder, and then my friend at the time was operating the camera, was doing his own thing. So I can relate. It's it's expensive.
0: <laughs> it is. That's for sure.
1: Would you ever go back to Savannah?
0: Absolutely, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Just to see what's there? Yes, absolutely. There are certain certain places in Savannah I probably wouldn't visit anymore, just because... Been, been there, done that? Yeah, been there, done that, you know? Cause but, I know
1: there's... I know there's like every plantation within the, within the city. That's for sure. Like, absolutely. It has its history. I yeah. know it does. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Insane over there. I do remember specifically there was a psychic that I visit. Now, when I visited the psychic the first time or the medium the first time, I just went because I was curious. And I was walking from my hotel in Savannah, Georgia, down across the street and down to the Riverwalk. And When you walk down these steps, they're kind of steep steps when you walk down. Um, And then it leads to this like all, you know, uh, cobblestone street. There are some buildings where you actually go, you can go underneath this like bridge. So it kind of looks a little bit like Diagon Alley, you know, Uh, a little Harry Potter for you. But it's just, it's at night, it's got such an eerie feeling. Whether it's foggy or not, doesn't matter. When you walk from the street part of the hotels across the street to the river at like two in the morning. And you have to go down those steps just to get to the river. It is eerie. Now, during the day when I walk down there, people are always handing out flyers, you know, Hey, come see a psychic or come see a show or come to our bar. And uh, this guy hands me this yellow piece of paper for a psychic. And I was like, I'm there by myself. Why not? I'm curious. So I went and saw the psychic now, where she was located it it felt like a movie. I kid you not. it felt like a movie. You go down the steps onto the cobblestone street, turn to your left, underneath these bridges is this build is uh in this building is this door, and this door is painted gold. It's got the writing of of the the name of the psychic or or you know tarot card reader. open the door you know the ding ding the bell goes off or whatever. And this woman is just literally just sitting there. And I remember when I walked in, she just looks at me and she goes, that's about time. What? Yeah. And I was like, um, do I know you? And she was like, no, but I knew you were on your way. And I'm like, okay, well, you're a psychic, so you know a lot of things. But it was really weird because she had told me something that made me go, okay. She said, what can I do for you today? And I was just like, I'm just I'm curious, uh, you know, here, just here to see what it is that you can do. And she goes, well, do you want a reading or do you want me to, you know, read cards or, and I mean, what are you looking for? And I said, I don't know. I'm just curious.
1: You want to see what all the hubbub was? about? Yeah,
0: pretty much. Yeah. I want to see what, what, what's the big deal with psychics? Why is everyone always, you know, why are people going to them and stuff? So uh, she says, okay. So she tells me, she said, a good friend of yours is going to pass. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm 19 years old in Savannah, Georgia by myself. All my friends are back in California, so I don't know how this is going to be really portrayed, but okay, let's just go with it. So she tells me this, kind of went with it. Then I left, you know, and I said, thank you, I left. So within that year, we got shipped out to Iraq, made a really, really good friend of mine, really, really good friend. Actually, we we became the best of friends and it, it it we became the best of friends after a certain event that happened with us overseas and i remember coming home no i'm sorry we were over there and one morning i remember waking up uh from my room going out to i think i was going to shower or get breakfast and there were police cars over at his room there was a the mp car and there was an ambulance truck And I was just standing there, and I was just like, what the heck? What's this all about? Didn't really think much of it. Went and got breakfast. Yeah, I got breakfast, and then I came back, and I asked somebody, and I said, what's going on? And they said, and I will leave his name out of this, but uh, they said so-and-so was found dead in his room. And I remember just dropping my drink on the floor and like going, wait, what? And they were like, yeah. They they came by and uh, knocked. Nobody answered. Nobody had seen him. So they opened his door and unfortunately he was, he was gone. They found him on the floor. Wow. And I just remember thinking to myself like, no, that's not possible. Cause we were just talking last night. How is that possible? You know, like it's those questions that run through your head when you lose somebody. It's just all those questions are running through my head. So the rest of that tour, I remember just thinking to myself, as soon as I get back, I'm going to go ask. I mean, And it wasn't one of those like, you know, I'll think about it and then it just stays in the back of my head. No, like every single day I was counting down the days that we were going to leave this country so I can go back to Savannah, find that psychic and ask her. And so finally, you know, we leave, we come home, get some time to kind of recuperate from being overseas. And then finally I was like, Savannah, Georgia, let's go. And I just, I went by myself, got a taxi, got a same, not the same room, but got the same hotel. And then... as soon as I was done checking in, I was like gone, and I went to go find the psychic go back down those you know those steep looking brick steps onto that cobblestone street found that that door uh it was you know it was open, so I went in and then uh and mind you, I'd been gone for a year, so when I walked in, she didn't say like, "Oh hey, you know, welcome back or whatever." She just kind of sat there and she looked at me it's as, as if she knew she had that look in her face like I feel so sad for you, but she didn't say anything. And I remember just, I sat down on the chair. I looked at her and I cried and she just held my hand and she was just silent. She just held my hand, sat there for a good hour and then didn't say anything and then left. I just left. She gave me a number to call because she said that, you know, it was, it was sad, but at the same time, like it's, this is something that, that it actually had happened. Like she had said it and then it happened. And so she wanted me to like, you know, look further into it with another, the number was for another psychic who is more in tune than when, with it than she is. Like she is in tune with it, but this person was like even higher and more in tune with it. Never called the number though. Never called it. Never got to talk to that person. I just left. Yeah. You, you didn't need to hear it. I didn't. I didn't want to. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs>
1: and that's Savannah, Georgia.
0: That is Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. So that—that's pretty much what happened to me, and my personal experiences with the paranormal. I don't know if you have any more anything else you wanted to uh, ask me, Mystic, before we uh, before we end this segment.
1: <laughs> you answered all the questions I had without me asking them. So. That was pointless for me to waste all that time. Oh, no, no, no. That's fine. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Because I'm sitting here like, okay, I'm going to throw this question. Nope, you already answered it. (laughs) Nope. I kept doing this, and you answered the question. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and go.
0: (laughs) Let me just say this. For those of you that don't believe in the paranormal, that's fine. That's, That's your own beliefs. For those of you that do, you know exactly where I'm coming from. You know exactly... What has happened to you? You know the feelings and you know for a fact that this is real. Now, I will say that I was a skeptic. I was. And when that stuff happened to me, I was still skeptical, but I was curious. My curiosity was so much higher after all that. And, I, and it's one of those, like, I don't ever want to stop learning more about the paranormal. I don't ever want to stop learning about spirits, why they're here, why residual hauntings happen, why they can't cross over, why we have evil spirits and why we have demonic things. It's, it's insane. It's an insane world that you get into. But at the same time, it's one of the best things I've ever done. And I wouldn't trade any of those experiences for anything else in the world.
1: Cause it's thrilling. It's terrifyingly thrilling. yeah, because like I said in the last episode, it's you can't see it, you can't touch it, but it can see and touch you and that is terrifying. yeah, that it is, is absolutely terrifying. it is
0: it is still God I still feel weird from talking about that one.
1: No I can relate there's um there's locations like I will never step into because of things I've heard, things I've seen. I've never aside from the one time in my room, I've never been like grabbed and thrown. For me, it's always the only real physical manifestations I can not recall, but that have have ever happened is like a heaviness on my shoulders and upper body. It'll make my muscles tense. So it looks like I'm having a small seizure because I'm just my muscles are just so tense that I'm shaking. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, it, and it gets bad sometimes because when that finally goes away and my muscles start relaxing you can hear all of the, all of the tendons just kind of creaking and popping as I'm trying to stretch like my hands like my hands especially i was with a couple of friends we went to dead man's just cuz that was the only spot we could go to that we had access to at at like midnight so we went we had temperature fluctuations and we were seeing tricks of the light in the dark so so on and so forth um, but when we finally left it was like whatever was there I had kind of just been absorbed into and it was like a bubble that wasn't that wanted me to just stay on the grounds. So finally once excuse me, um once that was all said and done, it had fighting it to stay on the sidewalk was causing that muscle tension. And so when that finally left and I'm trying to like stretch my hands out, one of my friends goes, Like, you sound like an old person trying to stand because you can just hear in my knuckles, because I crack my knuckles a lot, you can just hear it's like wood creaking and snapping together as I'm like, Ugh.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. oh man. Um, yeah, that that's pretty, it's pretty insane. It's pretty insane how this, how this all works out. Works out. But at the same time, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world.
1: <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't yeah. Either.
0: All right. Well, I guess we're going to end it right here. Uh, unless we have anything else that we want to radiate or, um, or talk about
1: future episodes okay so we talked about in the last episode we have a three-part miniseries coming up uh that's still in the works
0: that's right guys just get ready because we have a three-part miniseries coming up called haunting 101 myself and mystic will be giving you guys the ins and outs and the knowledge that we have gained while doing our own investigations
1: If you can find the pun in that statement, I applaud you.
0: (laughs) Also, guys, don't forget to please, if you have anything ghost story-wise or a story that you had to deal with a paranormal uh, account, let us know in our Instagram. Our Instagram name has been changed to Void Podcast 18 on Instagram. Also, go ahead and check out our Facebook page at Pod Paranormal 87, where we love to leave you guys teasers and anything that comes up, we will definitely be letting you know.
1: So now that you say that, we do actually have our first, I don't know, listener-given story. We're not going to say that now. We're not going to tell that now because we don't have the time for it to do for that today. But we do have someone that has contacted G-Man personally and has given full dis full permission to disclose this story. So we have a full testimony with photographic evidence. Unfortunately, we don't know how we're going to translate that for the show. Um, we'll come up with something we'll come up with something Uh, we'll probably get really descriptive with the photos i myself have read through the screenshots g-man have sent me and i was looking at the photos and it is eerie to say the least so yeah that's a teaser i'm not going to give any more away um but that's in a future episode keep an eye out for the mini series that's still in the works and like we said earlier this episode the queen mary we will g-man and i will talk about we'll dedicate a whole episode to that because he and i both have experiences on that ship and we might i might at least talk about the iowa because i've had my own personal experiences within the iowa itself and considering that they're both technically former service ships i figure why not stay with the theme. so um i don't know when we're gonna do that maybe the next episode we don't know but yeah so that's what we have coming up for the show
0: yeah absolutely that's right Uh, Other than that, we want to thank you all very much for taking the time to listen to Into the Void. And um, Mystic, is there anything else you want to put out there before we uh, end this completely? No. All right. Sounds good. Well, listen, you have been listening to Into the Void. I'm G-Man.
1: And I'm the Mystic.
0: And we want to thank you for following with us Into the Void. Catch you next time.